All right, we are back for another edition of Chat BTV, the most popular podcast featuring a father and daughter. Uh, today, we of late, we've been talking to some of um, Stella Rose's friends. Our last edition, we talked with Andy Bedell. And today, we are going to chat with um, Tenzin, who has been kind enough to join us here for dinner at our home in Burlington. Uh, Tenzin, welcome to the program, and tell us where you're from and how you met Stella. I'm from South Burlington, and I met Stella through mutual friends. All right, and let's find out a little bit about you. Um, what is your background, and tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, of course. I'm Tibetan. Um, that's in Asia, in between China and India. I grew up in India. My parents grew up in India and my parents were born in Tibet and then they had to escape Tibet when China took over. So I was born in India, like I said, and I lived the first eight years of my life there before moving here to America. Where'd you grow up in India? Mysore. Where, give me just a rough idea, north, south, east, west? South, south India. Okay, when I and when I think of India, I don't know. I always think of um, it being really hot and pretty crowded. So what what was what was your town like? So we lived in um, a settlement. It, they called it refugee camps, but it wasn't like refugee camps that you picture when you imagine a refugee camp it was very like a just a tibetan community it was like a place that india would just just give in to tibetans to like have their own community so i was just surrounded by my own people and i enjoyed it a lot i i, I don't think i realized that when people fled tibet that india was a place that they went so th that was not unusual no um there was three places that a lot of tibetans went India was the most popular one. They also went to Nepal, and then they also went to Bhutan. And what did your folks do when they were in India? So when my grandparents escaped Tibet, um, they, they they were both very young. Um, both, of, both of their stories are very crazy and wild. Um, every time I talk about it, it makes me tear up a little bit. But um, once they were in India, they worked... Um, as like construction workers almost and that's how they met and that's what a lot of Tibetans did when they first moved to Tibet uh, into India okay and so your mom and dad do you, do you have any siblings I have an older brother who's five years older than me all right so you said you came here to America when you were eight right so how how did that happen so my dad actually moved here a lot earlier than we did um, he won something um, they they just called it a lottery in India and he won that and he was amongst like a few other hundred people that were fortunate enough to have a f just move to America and were able to live with the host family for a little bit until they got settled in their own feet and then after a few years my or after a while my dad was able to bring the rest of the family to America. Wow. I mean, that must have been hard not having him around. 
I was I was pretty young. Um, sometimes I would I I still remember when um, we went to drop dad off at the airport. I was very young. I was very confused. Um, didn't know what was really going on. But one day he was there, and the next he wasn't. But I I think in a way it was a is a blessing just because um, my dad was gone. My brother would go to boarding school. And most of the time, it was just me and my mom, and she's someone that I admire and I adore a lot. And I think we became best friends during those times. And I remember when I was young, uh, my mom like we'd always like just sit down and like chat over dinner or something. And she would always say like, "If you ever need anything, like I need you to know that like I'm like you're my everything and I'm your everything. Like your best friend, your mom, your dad, like anything that you need, I'm there for you." And you know, today I'm very fortunate enough to be in a family where everyone is just very close knit and we all love each other. But there will always be a special place in my heart for my mom just because of that time. And so I, yeah, it was it was a little hard sometimes. But my mom is a very very strong, independent, and just fantastically beautiful woman. So it wasn't that bad. Tell me about your journey to America. Oh yeah, um, it was it was very confusing. It was very sad. Um, I was only eight years old. Already been through quite a few things that I personally don't think any kids that are eight should go through. Um, but I remember one day, mom just kind of came home and said, uh, "You should probably say bye to your friends. Uh, we're gonna be going to America." And I didn't know where that was. Um, I remember one day we were just one night we were just like my mom was just packing up everything, and I was just like, "What? What? What are we doing?" And she was like, "Well, we're we're leaving. We're going. We're going to uh, stay with dad now." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Didn't know that it was across the world. Um, didn't really get a chance to say bye to my best friends, people that I grew up with. Um, I remember just flying for about 16 hours, landing in New York, and just coming out and to speak very um, bluntly, just seeing white people in general was a very, like a shock to me. Um, hearing people speak English scared me, didn't really know what was going on. Um, it, it, was, it was a hard time, it was a hard um, adjustment to make, but it it was I had my brother so it was it was fine how good was your English at the time it was not I barely spoke any English um I knew how to say like hello I remember I knew how to say pencil and that was about it wow I mean that is just a huge adjustment and of all places I mean New York is you know, I found I grew up outside of New York and I found New York to be overwhelming every time I went there. Yeah, um, it, I wasn't there for long. I was just there at the airport, which was also a very crazy place. Um, but I remember just when I first stepped out of the airplane um, and just like walked from the airplane to like the airport, um, like the just I remember just like smelling the air. And just like, like the freshness of the air, it was just so different from what I was used to in India. And also, when I first moved here, it was like in March, March twenty first, um, 
was the day I got here and it was still snowing and I hadn't I've never seen snow before so that was and I've never experienced something like cold and um in India like if it was like 80 degrees we consider that cold and we put on a sweater so it was that was also a shock to me and how did you wind up in Vermont my dad um like I said the lottery thing um he was placed in a host family and the host family was in Burlington so he just decided to stay here and then we also moved here now, how often when you were back in India, so how frequently did your mom or you or your brother communicate with your dad? I personally don't really remember communicating to my dad that much. Maybe like once every few months, um, mom would probably be talking to him a lot more, I would assume. I just don't really remember. Um, I know that he came back once um, after like a few years and... That was a great time, but also a very hard time because I was very young again, um, and I just didn't know what was really going on. My parents didn't really explain it that well. They just kind of said, he's doing this for your future, and I just took their word for it. I believed my parents, and, you know, I just kind of moved with it. All right. Well, we'll get heavy early here, okay? So how do how do you think that whole experience, which is different than an awful lot of people around here in in Vermont, who you know some people grew up here, some people are flatlanders as we call them, who moved here. I was one of those. I mean, that is quite a journey to get here to Vermont. So how do you think that that impacted you, changed you? What influence do you think it's had on you? Um, I think. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, like, just growing up in India, I think, has had the biggest impact on me. The people that I grew up with, everyone enjoyed life. We weren't necessarily wealthy people, but everyone in the community knew that everyone knew what the important things in life were, which were to take care of other people, laugh, be happy, you know, and just just to love each other and that was something that really stuck with me from a young age and um when it comes to moving to america um i just personally i learned that i'm a lot stronger than i personally thought i remember my first day in elementary school second grade um my first day was actually on my birthday um march 27th i remember i started second grade and again, my my parents just didn't really do a good job of explaining anything. They just said, they dropped me off at Rick Marcotte Central School. And they walked me into the principal's office. And then they just kind of left. Right. And I didn't speak a single word of English. And never have seen white people, never have interacted with um, people like of that color before. So And I just couldn't speak English. Didn't know how I was going to get home. And I was very scared, I remember. Um, obviously didn't have any friends. I remember I walked in and my teacher and everyone was in a circle. And my second grade teacher, Mrs. Kohoic, she was the one of the best teachers I ever had in my life. She was very sweet. But, um, yeah, no, that, uh, I remember second grade that first day. It was I, It was one of the scariest days of my life. Um, I remember going to like the cafeteria for lunch. I looked around and 
I got my food. I turned around and every table was full. And it was like one of, it's like one of those scenes in the movies where like you don't know where you're going to sit. And for me, I I I'm a person that never wants to like really bother anyone with my problems. I looked around, um saw no openings. I looked to my right, saw a bathroom. So I went in there and just closed the just closed the bathroom door, ate my pizza, took a bite. It was my first time eating pizza. It was horrible. Um I took a bite out of that pizza, flushed it down the toilet, and it was just I remember like when I took that bite, like I I had tears coming down my eyes cuz I was just like so scared and I just didn't know what was going to happen and and I remember like just like uh said I'm flushing that pizza down the toilet and there was a mirror in the bathroom and as like a 8-7 8-year-old I looked at myself in the mirror wiped away my tears and I said this is the last time that you're ever going to be this like this week of a person like I I I looked at myself and I just thought like there's no way you can live a life where you're hiding in a bathroom instead of going out there and making friends and going out there and being who you are and that was in that moment as a 7-year-old um it was just like I learned that like I I somehow found a way to teach myself a life lesson and in hindsight when I look back like that moment is one of my biggest and most proudest moment because after that day I I just I've been completely me never been a day where I felt like I wasn't authentically myself and I th- every time I think about that stuff like that like the picture of me myself looking in that mirror as a kid always comes to my mind and yeah that was that was a very big impactful moment for me that is quite a story how did you go about making friends were kids at all nice to you or were they awful to you um they weren't awful they just again i just don't think they've also ever dealt with someone of my race um the i remember the first friend i made his name was actually Ben Newton. Um it was it was in second grade at recess one day that everybody was just playing soccer and I grew up in India playing soccer and I loved the sport and I remember everybody was playing. I was on the swings. I was just watching. I didn't really want to interrupt anyone. But um somebody was like come over like let's play. And I was like I right, bet. So I go on and I do my thing and you know like just playing soccer with people you people realize that like oh like he can play soccer and then Ben Newton was a good player himself and so we just kind of always had like a weird friendship enemies kind of thing going on and like but he was the reason why like I started becoming friends with everyone else so yeah soccer are you still friends with him today no no I'm not how come um there was just so growing up like i said he when we were young he was like he was one of the better players and i myself was also considered one of the better players and then like you know how boys are when you get into middle school and all that stuff starts happening to you you want to prove that you're the better one and then he, he himself wants to prove that he's the better one so we always had that clash going on 
Um, and then in eighth grade, I just kind of took off in terms of soccer. So like everyone just started saying that I was the best one in our grade and he felt somewhat mad about that. Or that's just my, uh, that's just what I think it was. And then we just never just kind of went our own way. We were always teammates, but never really friends. You strike me, I don't know you that well, but my first impression of you, you seem um, as though you're a very confident person in a in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm a fairly confident person. And would you attribute that to the soccer or what else? Yeah, I... I've, I attribute a lot of who I am today to soccer, actually. Um, I always say this to people when I talk about it. Like, I would not be myself if I had never played soccer. Soccer taught me a lot of important life lessons. Um, just growing up, I used to be fairly overweight. And when I started to take soccer seriously, um, I was like, I realized that I couldn't be the best version of myself as a player if I was overweight. So I remember like eighth grade going to freshman year, just digging in deep, um, just like trying to learn everything I could about dieting, like everything I could learn about so like just running and stuff, like, and how to lose fat. I remember like my parents used to, like they used to hate it because they always wanted me to focus on school. Um, but I had something else in mind and, you know, like just pushing myself to limits where if it wasn't for soccer, I would never have been in that situation. Um, and, and like when you, as a person, when you push yourself to do things, when you push yourself to challenge, to, to new challenges and like, and then somehow you like surpass what you thought would happen, like you start to gain confidence. And, and then once I got better at soccer, um, people, like people would tell me like, oh, you're a good player. And then like, I got more confidence from that. And then I'll start. And then I started making like a lot of these important teams, like GPS National, ODP, all that stuff. And and that just kept adding to my confidence. And then, some point in my life, like the the soccer player confidence and me as a person, it just kind of intertwined. And the confidence just kind of took over on both parts of my life because I was just like, I was. Because when I grew up, I was that like fat, chubby kid, and I just always did my own thing. Like I was, I was my own person, but I was always like, you know, like a little insecure. But then once I realized that, like, you know what, if I like really put my mind to it, I can do anything, and that's where a lot of my confidence comes from. You've done a lot of traveling with the the soccer. Yep. Tell us some of the places you've been. Um. I've been to Ireland with the Olympic development team. I've been to Northern Ireland to compete in the Milk Cup with a uh, GPS national team. I've also played for my country's national team uh, when I was a senior in high school um, in India. And I've been around to Spain uh, and been around a lot of states here just to compete, like Arizona, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, all that. Yeah, there's a lot. Tell me your impression now. You're what, 23, 24? 22. 22. 22. 22. I gave you, gave you an extra year here. 
So tell me your impression now of the United States compared to that day when you showed up as a kind of wide-eyed, very young person. Yeah, um, I was actually talking to this with a customer uh, in a car the other day. Um, he, when I first came, I really, I remember I missed India a lot. Um, just the freedom of everything in India, you could really do whatever you wanted and there would honestly be no problems. Um, and with America, it was just, there was a lot of rules and laws that you had to follow. My dad would, I remember as a kid, he would always just scare me about like the police and stuff. And so I always had a weird picture in my head about the rules and stuff here. But, um, just now that I'm older and I've been back to India twice, I honestly, when I just find it a little, I, I, I just, I'm very grateful to be here, you know, like the quality of life compared to what I was living in India. Um, like in India, if I wanted to take a hot bath or a hot shower, my mom would have to go collect wood and then she would have to put it in the stove, start a fire and then put water in a bucket, put the huge bucket on the stove, let it boil for like 10, 15 minutes and then let it cool down and then put it in another bucket and then bring it to the bathroom and then then I'll be able to take a shower or a bath. Um, but in in America, you just kind of go to the bathroom, turn a knob, and then you can take a hot shower. You know, stuff like that. Like, stuff like clean water, for example. You know, like, these are a lot of things that I think people that have never left America, they take it for granted. But when you, when you grow up in a place where you actually see people struggle every single day and you live through it, you really appreciate everything that, America has to offer. What do your mom and dad do for work? Both of them are nurse assistants at the hospital. Here in Burlington, up at UVM? Yeah. Yeah. And if they, they, my understanding, they've worked there a substantial amount of time. Yeah, my dad has been working there before we even got here. Um, but my mom started a year after we got here, so she's been there for a while too. That's hard work. Yeah. Um, both of my parents, um, you know, uh, it's just I love my parents so much. Um, they're very hardworking people. I was talking to LG the other day about it. Um, you know, when I first got here to America, um, I remember uh, my dad and my mom, they used to work about four to five jobs. Uh, they would leave at 6 a.m. in the morning and I wouldn't see them until sometimes I remember when I was a kid I wouldn't see them for like a few days you know like just th their schedule they they did so much um, they kept themselves busy they I'm sure they didn't want to do all that but they knew that if if me and my brother wanted to have if they wanted a good life for me and my brother so they they would go to work every single day just my dad especially both of them but my dad his schedule used to be he would work the night shift at the hospital from like 11 to 7 a.m in the morning he would come home for a few hours sleep from like 7 to like 11 and then he would get up and he would go to work at costco for a few hours and then he comes back home, and then, then they both go to work. 
um, like a, like they used to clean uh, banks. Uh, they used to cl- uh, I remember like they used to clean two banks, and then they would go after they finished that they would go work at Rice Memorial High, sc- high School, you know, uh, like that and that's like an everyday thing. Like they never once did I hear my dad or my mom complain about having to work. They 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 never looked tired. They they always they never wanted to show us that like that what they were doing was a hard thing to do because they didn't want us to feel bad but at the same time like that's just who they are they're very hard-working people they came here with the goal of having a better life for themselves but more importantly for us me and my brother and um uh you know I was talking to LG the other day and I remember I was telling her like one of my favorite memories growing up when I was a kid is, you know, actually going like every Friday, Friday was the Friday nights were the only day, only days out of the week where my parents would let me come work with them. You know, I was like 11, 12 years old and I'd be, I'd be in the banks with them. I'd be taking the trash out. You know, I'd be cleaning the bathrooms with them. I'd be at Rice Memorial High School, um, you know, sweeping the floors, like dusting the gym, the basketball gym, cleaning the tables, taking the trash out, you know, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think a lot of people, like not a lot of kids that age, they, that that probably wouldn't be their, like, favorite memories. But for me, like, being able to go with my with my parents and being able to help them in any way that I could, that it, it will always be, my like, one of my favorite memories. And you're in college now, and if I'm – I don't know if it was Stell or Lauren Glenn told me you're the first person in your family to go to college. Yes, sir. Um, oh, I'll be the first one in my family to graduate college. My brother went. He's five years older than me. He went to St. Mike's for two years um, as an accounting major. He didn't enjoy it that much, and then he just kind of he just wanted to stay. He just wanted to chill out for a little bit, try to find his what out what he wanted to do. Um, now he's back in nursing school. Um, but he has a, he's like three more years, and I only have a semester left, so I will be the first one graduating college in my family. All right, and you mentioned um, earlier on you were talking about a customer. So what are you doing for work now and as part of that? So what do you want to, you know, the, the question everybody your age hates that people like me ask, so what do you want to do, do when you, you know, when you grow up? Yeah. Um, right now I'm an intern at Enterprise. Um I'm a management trainee intern, so we're basically learning how to be managers. Um, but you know, this is—it's actually—I actually enjoy that question. You know, um, I've always, as a kid, I've always thought about what I wanted to do in my life. When I was a kid, when I had a wild dream, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. But um, the past few years, I've really been realistically thinking about it, and like, a, if I could. If there was something that I could do, like, um, I would, I would want to start my own like soccer facility, um, like a like a gym almost, but like more geared towards soccer players. Um, and then I would have, cause I have I have a few friends that are in the professional uh, leagues, and I wanna, cause I remember like growing up, um, I I didn't know anything about going to college, I didn't know anything about the like filling out FAFSA and all that stuff, like filling out applications for college. I didn't know any of that. 
So for me, like, my goal is to, well, what I would want to do with that facility is to, first of all, train players, make them the best that they can be, but then at the same time, educate them on the things that they might not know, you know, like, especially like foreign foreign kids, people that are going to be the first ones in their family to go to college, you know, as as my, like myself, I, my brother, I don't know, he just kind of did it by himself. He never really included my parents. So when when I did it, I I was very like leaning on them to help me out. But you know, like I realized like they don't know what they're doing either. You know, like they would when I was filling out the FAFSA, my dad would just give me the taxes and just be like, "All right, fill it out yourself. Like you're old enough." And I'd be like, "Well, I don't know what I'm looking for." Um, you know, like. And it's not to knock on my dad, you know, like he he just he doesn't know what to do either. And so like so with my like my dream would be to be able to help all these kids that are going that are going to be going through the same thing that I went through so that they don't have to feel as like almost clueless as I did, you know, and to help them network and to find them colleges, professional teams with the networks that I may have built throughout my years in soccer you know like I just at the end of the day I just want to be able to help people pursue their dreams because I feel like um you know like uh, one of the main things that held me back with soccer was just I didn't know who to go to I didn't know what to do in terms of like uh like networking like just putting myself out there because I didn't really have anyone to teach me that and you know, there's a lot. There are a lot of lot of good players that are going through the same thing that will never be able to get to that professional level, that to that next level because they they're also having that same struggle. And I want to be able to be the medium almost to get them to that next level. Wow. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not betting against you. That's for sure. Um. So, Stahl, tell me what what is it about Tens and what do you value about your friendship with them? Um, that's a great question. I feel like I value many things. Um, I will say work ethic, very admirable. I feel like when this man sets his mind to something or hurts something, it gets done. And um, literally so many things. Um, empathy, there's very, it's always a lot of care and support and like things that I share that I'm doing. Um, or just like asking about the day and if I'm spending time with people that I love or that I value, there's always emphasis on like, I'm very glad that you could spend time with those people. Um, I feel like Tenzin is someone that I share a lot of the same values with and it's really important to surround yourself with those people just to kind of see eye to eye on life and what's out there, the beauty of it all, the people, um, the places and so yeah, I just feel like it's always a always a safe space, always um, lovely to talk to him, and it's a beautiful soul. Seems very loyal to me, too. I, I, I get a good loyalty vibe. Speak up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what do you value about being friends with, with the kid? The young, the young adult. <laughs> Um, like she said, there's a lot, you know, um, I always tell her, um, I tell her that she is literally just, to me, she is just what I envision to be a perfect person. You know, she, 
she cares and loves the people in her life so much to a point where sometimes like you yourself just don't believe that you are who she sees you as you know and she has a way of showing and also telling you that you are appreciated like every single day she finds a new way to let you know that and just having her in your life i always tell her but it's a it's a blessing honestly all right i i think you're perfect too so right yeah uh all right so i know um stella told me that um you want to ask me a question too maybe i'll give you two questions (laughs) oh no no pressure there but and if you don't want to that's fine too yeah no i i I got i got a few questions i want to ask um i may not answer um yeah just i've I've seen these tiktoks recently of this one guy going around and asking people not that not that you're old you're 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 a young king but um he would he would ask like older people like if you were so let's say like i'm 22 like Mm -hmm. when you were 22 like what advice would you give to yourself you know about the way that your life has become now and the way that when you were 22 like what was going on in your mind and what would you tell yourself in that moment well i you know i was fortunate i had i had a profession that i knew early on i wanted to do i wanted to work at newspapers i was able to pursue that i think um unfortunately i think journalism is not as well respected or received as it was when I was growing up. I just taught a course at Champlain College and I was really a little disappointed how few kids really want to get into journalism. So, I mean, I was fortunate that I knew early on really what I wanted to do for work and I've been able to do it now for 40 years. I think one thing that I've come to appreciate more as I've gotten older and really more so in the last few years um, is just the, you know, the value of time and not wasting time. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you could just, you, you get, as one of my friends told me, you get 4,000 weeks in a lifetime, right? You know, if you do the math at 52 weeks a year, average age of 80, and it it just goes really fast. So the one thing I'm trying to get better at, which I would encourage you to do, is that, you know, if you have an opportunity to do something, if you can go on a trip, if you can um, spend time with somebody on a weekend, it's easy to put things off and say, you know, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you, you know, sometime in July or August. Well, get back to them now. You know, go and visit them now. And because you just never know. I mean, you're you're 22 and you think you're basically indestructible, as I did, too. And, you know, things can happen. And um, so, I, you know, that would be one thing. The other thing that I really emphasize and I emphasize it with my students, and I think it's something you're you understand and are disciplined enough is, you know, be on time for people, respect their time Um you know, we were kind of joking about it during our discussion at dinner that, you know, showing up late 
um, is is just really disrespectful to other people, and so I I I would I would sort of toss those two ideas at you that you know grab grab the opportunities when when they come along and don't think well you know I can I could just take a pass on this and something something else will come along and it, sometimes it doesn't sometimes you know you got to as they say kind of seize the moment so that and you know and, and be on time so anything else you want to ask me yeah um second uh-oh <laughs> second question just want to get a little bit deeper um just one of the bigger mysteries in life um i know you and lg just hit 24 years together um just want to ask how how um honestly just how does that happen how do you like 20 years of being married to someone you know 20 years of being in love just i just want to kind of want to hear about it a little bit like how how do you how does it how do you wake up every single day and choose to be not loyal but like how do you sometimes when it when it gets hard like how do you stay together in those hard times you know like i just kind of want to hear what your thoughts are on that because i know um that's just one of the things that as i'm getting a little bit older starting to think about it a little bit more and i have had a few questions about it recently in my mind about these things well, that's a tough one, um, and I think the way I would answer that is that I think one of the things that we do well is that we're two independent people, and we're not, you know, there's a, I think there are a lot of couples that are kind of joined at the hip, and, you know, Lauren Glenn is very passionate about what she does. Um, you know, she runs this TV station. She was the founder of it. It's really important to her. Um, and what I do is really important to me. And we've been able to not only, you know, have this wonderful life together, have this wonderful child, but I think we've also been able to pursue our own kind of separate tracks. Uh, you know, the other thing is that you know, Lauren Glenn's going to go on a trip in September, and it's not, you know, really a place I want to go. And that's, um, you know, you, you have to kind of have your own life, too. And I think that there are, I've at least observed, there are a lot of couples that are, um, you know, it's, it's, they don't really have that kind of independence within a union. And I think that that, um, that's important. I think, you know, I think you can hold somebody back or they can hold you back if um, if you don't pursue that kind of independent, independent stuff. And so we've been able to successfully navigate that. We, you know, also have a great time when we go on trips together. But I, I think, you know, it's important that I recognize, you know, it's and it's so it's different than when my mom and dad grew up. Um, you know, my mom took care of my brother and me and my dad went to work. It was kind of a classic American family. And my mom finally created her own. She started her own travel agency. And I think when she started that and had a job of her own, that she really finally, when I was probably 17 or 18, felt that independence 
that um, she was really just, you know, kind of searching for and kind of aching for. But that's just not how things were done in the 1960s and 1970s. So I, I think one of the great changes has been that, you know, two people in a relationship pursue their own kind of dream or their own profession and their own job and that there isn't one person as as much i mean i know there's still inequality in this country and um but i i think it's it's a lot it's just a lot healthier situation now where you have two independent people together if that you know i know that sounds a little bit like an oxymoron but is that helpful yeah that is um just hearing you talk about these things you know it's it yeah no it, it hits the heart yeah. Anything else you want to ask me? I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Yeah. No, that's about it. Anything you want to add? Final thought here, Mr. <laughs> Rocket Scientist over here just observing while we get eaten by mosquitoes? Yeah, so true. There's a lot of mosquitoes. I'm um, just very grateful for you both. This is very beautiful to um, listen to and have people speak from the heart. It's always very important. Um, I will say something that you told me about successful marriage and relationship is that you are always um saying yes yes dear (laughs) you mean say yes as quickly and as enthusiastically as possible because i'm going to wind up there is that is that what you mean yeah or just or just showing up for someone and being like yes and sometimes even if you don't want to ultimately like you need to you need to because it benefits both even if even if it's just like a, yeah, I got you. No, and, and I, I, that's a good point. I mean, you need to, you need to, you need to learn to compromise. You know, you're just not going to get your own way all the time. And, um, and that's really important to do. And if you, you know, if you care about somebody, then it doesn't really matter, you know, which, um, you know, where you go for dinner, for example. Um, I mean, I generally, whether it's Lauren Glenn or, Stella or you know you for that matter um you know I want to know where you want to go and I'm pretty flexible where we're where we're going to go and I'd, I'm I'm somebody who I don't know I'd rather see you be happy and go where we want to go and you know it just it's just not as they say just not a hill I'm going to die on so I think the compromise is also a really important part of um you know without compromising your values or anything either so yeah um i also just want to add a final thought um i don't know this is just our second time meeting um but also very appreciative of you and lg um i remember just i was i was a little nervous driving up to north here the other day um it's just like i sometimes i just feel like i'm a little too like myself when it comes to like being around older like parents and stuff like that um because I I just I have a very like carefree personality. I'm just myself, and sometimes it does it, it rubs off the wrong way with people. And um, I remember I walked. I mean, I got out of my car and immediately I was just showing a lot of love. Um, I've honestly never laughed so much. Um, like the first time meeting a parent um, that wasn't mine. Uh, when you were talking about the soap lady, um, you know, um, oh, who thought I looked like Bernie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah you know so it's like i i could all like i was telling Stella like i can i can understand why she is the way that she is in the best way possible um you know like seeing you and lg and see how you guys are i'm very like now more able to understand the way that stella is you know um and also i just want to say you and lg did an amazing job raising this woman right here because she is honestly i keep telling her um but she is she is honestly a blessing you know like you sometimes you meet someone in your life where you immediately connect and you both seem to understand each other so well and you just appreciate each other and she's been that person for me um she you know she it, it's very easy to talk to her just because she's such she cares so much for people that is in her life and yeah i just want to say thank you guys for raising her to be the woman that she is today and i'm sure the way that you and lgr has had a great impact on the way that she's turned out to be you're gonna bring me flowers again the next time you come i'm gonna bring you flowers every time i come over now Th those were for me right yeah yeah yes, sir Ab absolutely <laughs> Okay. Hey, thanks for thanks for taking the time.